Oh my gosh. She has done the unstoppable. Our locker room ladies. Two touchdowns. They're getting hot right now at the right time. My name's Maddie. My name's Charlotte Payne. This is Locker Room Ladies. Go Canes. Welcome back to Locker Room Ladies. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. My name's Charlotte Payne. I'm Maddie, you guys. It is NFL Thursday. It is also LRL Thursday. Welcome mm-hmm. back to Locker Room Ladies, like Charlotte said. Tonight in Cincinnati, the Miami Dolphins take on the Bengals. And we're going to be coming right up here after the break with a very special guest who will be in attendance at that game. But yes. before we get into that, we have to start off, as always, with our lovely Locker Room Lady. This week's Locker Room Lady is none other than the Assistant Director of Athletics at the University of Illinois, Liz Reyes. Maddie, in keeping with our Hispanic Heritage Month theme, we actually asked our guest, who you guys are going to hear from in a very, very brief moment, uh, if he had any suggestions for incredible Hispanic locker room ladies. And he, this was the first person he suggested. And we are so excited to tell you guys a little bit about her. She, um, she's I'm really, ex- really cool. Yes, Charlotte. I'm excited about this locker room lady, especially because she's actually a native of Tri-Cities, Washington, which for those of you who don't know, I used to live in a little place called Yakima, Washington, and I did work in Tri-Cities, Washington occasionally. So I think that that's pretty cool because, I mean, it's not that big of a, Tri-Cities is not that big of a place. So it's kind of cool. That's one of the places that I actually did spend time in when I lived in Washington. So shout out to the Washington girl. I think she actually did her undergrad at UW in Washington as well. But now she's all the way in Illinois, far, uh, pretty far from Washington, but looks like she's killing it as, yeah. like we said, the assistant director of athletics. And it seems like you guys are going to hear in a little bit uh, from our guest, but it seems like she kind of does a little bit of a similar thing where she corrals all these students and she has a holistic approach um, to supporting and developing the student athletes at the University of Illinois in all aspects of their life. So I can imagine just like our special guest today, she I'm sure helps guide these young like men and women in their life beyond their sport. So that from our interview with our guest seems like a whole job in and of itself. She also serves on a diversity and inclusion committee. And I'm sure that that's something that she takes with her through her role as assistant athletic director because as we know I mean most schools that have this variety of sports when you're working in the athletics department you're not just working for the football team you're not just working for the softball team you're working for all of the student athletes and I'm sure all those athletes come from very different backgrounds very different stories and even just the way that their sports are makes them very different so I think that that's probably a really beneficial skill to have in her back pocket as she yeah takes on this role like you said Charlotte to holistically support and develop each athlete individually which I think is super cool because like Charlotte said you will hear more about how this ties into what our guest does today and she is no stranger to the college athletics world she worked at the University of Arkansas before that job at the University of Illinois and she also worked with the Cleveland Browns so she kind of you know she has a wealth of knowledge she's, she's done this all before. over yeah she's I wonder what it was like living in Arkansas I can't even I, I don't even think I know anybody I've from never Arkansas. Been to Arkansas never I been don't. but I know that I they love their know. they love their college athletics in that in that town so actually Charlotte before she was at Arkansas she also spent some time in Texas working as an academic counselor for the men's and women's track and field team at Baylor University so she has a ton of experience and Mm -hmm. I think it's so cool to just I love reading these stories because I love researching these ladies and highlighting them because it's just so cool how each and every woman has a different path on their journey to success and where they end up Sometimes it starts from Washington to Texas to Arkansas to Cleveland to Illinois. It's all over the place, but Mm -hmm. she's clearly killing it, and she clearly left an impact on our next guest. So very excited to highlight Liz Reyes today. Welcome to the Locker Room Wall of Fame. We're happy to have you, Liz. Maddie, I think that it's time to take a quick little break 
because it's, like you said, it is Locker Room Ladies Thursday, but we also have Thursday Night Football tonight, and our guest is there today. Please join us after the break to hear from the wonderful Alex Martin. Welcome back to Locker Room Ladies. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Today, we have a very special guest joining the podcast, a friend of the show, I would say, Alex Martin, for sure. Yes. (laughs) He's actually, he's coming off of a birthday. I don't even know how old you are, Alex. We're going to go with like 21, because that's a fun age. 21st, pseudo 21st birthday. I like that already. (laughs) Fun, fun birthday. And he's also coming off of an insane win for the Miami Dolphins. Alex Martin, the manager of player engagement for the Miami Dolphins, joins us today on the podcast. Welcome, Alex. Well, y'all know first and foremost, I'm an avid listener. Y'all know I'm always taking y'all up on the DM. I'm always liking every time something new drops. So oh, I appreciate you both, Maddie, Charlotte. I-, I love the locker room, ladies. I love y'all. Appreciate Yay, the support. We love you. Happy to have you on. This is this is a yeah. fun time too because the Dolphins are the talk of the town this season so far. Three and zero. Going into week four on the road against Cincy, how's it feeling? Uh, well, like I said, it's it's always great when you can when you can pull out the W's, you know. And I mean, I think this year what we've been able to do and what we hope to continue to do is um, just keep being a complete team, you know, in all three phases of the of the game. And so we're just proud of our guys going out there and competing every day. So, and and at the end of the day, it's football, you know. Football is fun, and so when you when you're able to do what you love to do. And it becomes a passion. You know, it's just you, you clock in and clock out. And it's like, all right, let's wake up and get back at it. That's awesome. Alex, tell us a little bit about, so now you're working with the Dolphins. But I know you worked with mm-hmm. the U before that. And then before that, I know you're a Midwest boy. So yeah. tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are today. And what's that? what was that journey? Yeah, I feel like y'all did y'all homework on me. <laughs> <laughs> we always I love do. It. I love we it. do. That's what we do. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm originally from the Midwest, so Illinois to be specific. So um, I went to Southern Illinois University. Shout out to SIUC and SIUC only. Hey. Um, that's where I played. <laughs> that's where I played football at wide receiver. And for me, it all started when I was, I'd probably say, played my last game as a senior. Um, my last game as a senior um, before graduation, where a lot of student athletes hit that point where it's like that transition phase where. You know, for football, you're not going pro, but you still have an entire semester of school where it's like, all right, well, what am I supposed to do now? And so I was lucky enough to have my mentor, Dr. Derek Williams, guide me along to really just kind of help mold me into really the man I am today where, you know, he sat me down. I was like, yo, Alex, we need to get this figured out, figured out now. You know, graduation is going to come one way or another. Um, so I got that's where I actually initially got into higher education. And so um, my skill at the time where I was at SIU, I was a graduate assistant in our campus activities office. So I was planning all the, the comedy shows, the concerts, designing so many T-shirts. Like, it, it was fun. Like, I, I had a great time doing it. And so that initially became, like, my skill set was just, you know, event planning, programming, and everything. And um, that's what pretty much springboarded me over to Miami to where I'd always grew up a U fan and a wide receiver, Michael Irvin, Norris Moss, like, the list goes on and on for Miami. And so I was like, well, I want to work in athletics, but if there's not an opening in athletics right now, I still want to be at the U. Um, and so I just so happened to find uh, um, a position open in their campus activities office, you know, and that's where I met Maddie and me and Maddie became close after that. And so, um, nice. again, it was funny because a lot of like I actually initially didn't start in athletics. I started in campus activities. So just like at SIU at UM, um, working in our campus activities office, I was overseeing category five. So was planning a lot of the events for this uh, for the sporting events, so pep rallies, um, doing a lot of the T-shirt giveaways whole bunch of spirit stuff and I was also overseeing late night programming so it was it was a lot of fun a lot of fun but also got to a point where I really wanted to get into athletics and um, student athlete development was calling me because I didn't realize that there was an entire office and career dedicated to helping student athletes transition um, and I'm like yo like if I'd have known this existed when I was playing football at SIU like this would have changed my life and so for me like what I love most about that was everything I had to learn on my own um, at SIU, I was then able to package with, you know, resources and services to give to UM student athletes. Um, and it was great. I love that I had a great supervisor, Sherelle Jackson. She was awesome, had some phenomenal teammates there. And really, again, for me, it was a full circle moment because I remember how hard it was transitioning from being a student athlete to a regular student into graduate school and taking everything I had to learn to then help UM student athletes make that same transition. Again, for me, it was a, it was a full circle moment and really just a blessing to be able to do that. 
Wow, that's super cool. Also, I think it's interesting because I never really thought about it, but you went from the player, so you were always on the field of the game, and then you were programming for Cat 5, which is all about the fan experience, and then you went back to the athletic side, which is super interesting. Yeah, Yeah, you had your hand in every pot. (laughs) And two, like, I I was talking about this the other day, you know, just me, and again, I learned this from Dr. Williams. It's like I always try to continue building on, you know, my skill sets. Like, for me, I'm never going to be the perfect Alexander Martin, but I can always continue to strive to be. And so I'm always going to have my hands in something. Like, I think when uh, on my way, on my last probably, like, year in athletics at UM, like, I was doing things for UM, the ACC, the NCAA. I was doing DEI presentations. Like, I was doing a little bit of everything because I'm like, yo, like, while I'm here, while I got the time, let's continue building my skill set, you know? So I'm like, I'm trying to walk out of here with the S on my chest. Like, what do you need me to do? Like, I can do anything. <laughs> um, and so, and, and from that, like I said, just one day I got, I got, a, I got a call you know, from the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, when the NFL calls, you pick up the phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's how it works. Yeah. Wow. You spoke about uh, your your mentor, Dr. Derek Williams. What's the importance of a mentor for, for guys, you know, who are rookies in the NFL or guys who are doing that transition? What's the importance of having a mentor? Because he seems like very impactful in your life. Yeah, I, I, I sing Dr. Williams' praises at any chance I get just because I know, like, for me, it was as a student athlete, again, like, I remember playing, like, our last home game, like, the homecoming game, and I was like, oh, this is my last game as a, as a student athlete. But I still got a whole nother, you know, semester of school ahead of me to where – I mean, I was also a computer science major. You know, most people are like, well, how did you go from football and computer science and now you're in the NFL? That's a whole other story you're we can busy. talk about later. But <laughs> you were busy. You were always busy. busy. <laughs> yeah. But again, Dr. Williams, he really helped me focus my energy and focus my talents and package it into something that I could not only, you know, progress as a professional, but also continue to build upon as I continue to progress as a professional. Because I think when it comes to me, like I went from, you know, event planning and programming to now, like, human, student, and athlete development. You know, like my skill set hasn't changed, except I've learned how to package it in different ways to be able to provide it in multiple areas. Mm. Again, like at first I was doing it, I was doing events for all 12,000 students at the University of Miami, general student population. Um, And then I took that and when I started working with UM student athletes, again, like my skill set didn't change, except now instead of programming for 12,000 students, it was only for 400 student athletes. And then when the Dolphins called again, Still same skill set, you know, programming, athlete, human development, except now instead of 400 student athletes across 18 sports, it was 90 players on one team. So like the the scope kept getting smaller, but allowed me to be more intentional in the programming. Wow. So can you talk a little bit more about today, what that player engagement role is and what your day to day is like? Yeah, yeah. I can tell you what player engagement isn't. Oh, <laughs> this okay. Is, this is, this is fun because answer. like a lot of people, a lot of people see my role. Oh, you get to hang out with the players all day. I'm like, Ugh. it's actually not that simple. It's not that simple. Not that simple at all. It's kind of like when, you know, when somebody asks, well, tell me what the day-to-day is like for player engagement. I'm like, well, no day-to-day is the same. It depends as the next on the day. day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, like it's, um, you know, where depends on where you are in the season, right? So right now we're in season. So you know, coaches and staff, like, we're in the office every single day, right? We're, we're, we're getting it after it every single day. Sunday is game day. Um, Monday is a big film review day. Tuesday is an off day for the players. But for coaches and staff, we're still in the building getting work done. Like, I love Tuesdays because when the players aren't in the building, I'm able mm-hmm. to focus on my work, actually get work done. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are, are, are heavy on the practice days. And then Saturday is, like, the, the – the walkthrough and travel day if it's an away game, but also like settle down if it's a home game kind of day. So um, again, we have the schedule, which is like our regular schedule throughout the day. So we have our team meetings, offense, defense meetings, special teams, practice. We'll have walkthrough, treatment training, um, some more meetings in the afternoon. All that's pretty standard. So there's that schedule. And then there's a schedule within the schedule. And that's where I come in. Um, The schedule within the schedule is where I come in with um, our rookie success program, where I primarily work with the rookies on getting them acclimated into the NFL, being a professional football player, making sure that they understand how their benefits work through the NFL as well as the NFLPA. Um, we do a lot of veteran programming, which is based around, you know, like really personal development and professional development with the veteran players. Are their finances right? Do they want to start businesses? If they have businesses, do they know how to go out and market what they're doing to get potential sponsors and things like that? Um, one of the cool things I really get to do, too, is um, doing things with significant others and families as well. And so that's really cool because 
oftentimes people think I only engage with the players. I mean, I get it. Player engagement, it kind of goes together. <laughs> um, right. But uh, part of my job is onboarding new players. So whether that's a rookie or a veteran or somebody we traded for, acquired off waivers, whatever. Um, I never just onboard that player. I also onboard that player in their family. Because when you think about it, if I'm bringing a player from, you know, California and this is somebody that might make the active roster, they're probably going to come with, you know, the wife, the kids, you know, maybe mom, dad, the uncles, it might be the entire family. So when I'm onboarding a player, I have to think about, all right, who else is coming in along with them? Do they understand where the local elementary schools are? Do they understand where the grocery stores are? Where's the nearest Home Depot? Like, these are things you have to know because if someone's bringing their entire family across the country to South Florida, South Florida is very different than, you know, Madison, Wisconsin, or, you know, Chicago, Illinois. It's just, it's just very different. And so, you know, if I'm a player, I'm thinking, all right, well, I don't know anything about South Florida. How am I going to tell my family about South Florida? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help everybody get acclimated and help everybody get into really feeling like the Miami Dolphins is a family. Again, like, it's just not about the players, but it's about the players and their family. And that's just an extension of the Miami Dolphin family. Wow. Football's awesome. family. I didn't even think about that. That is, <laughs> yeah. like, these people are picking like, up think, their whole lives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Think think about this. So, like, I will say, think about the last time you moved somewhere, like, out of your immediate city, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and imagine if it was you, your significant other, and a family. What would be some things you would, like, have to know? Schooling, <laughs> the local grocery store, whether that's a Publix, a Meyer, or a Walmart. Um, the nearest Home Depot, because obviously you're moving somewhere and you're going to need something from Home Depot. And a Target, because Target has everything you need and everything totally. you didn't know you needed. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> it's just, there's just certain things, things you think about. Yeah. <laughs> it gets me every time. And I walk yeah, in with $20 things. and somehow yeah. leave with $200 of, you know, just stuff <laughs> that I didn't know I needed. And a cart full of just like Halloween decorations. <laughs> I literally And it's December. Like, what do I need? Exactly. Like, what Because it was on sale. That's why. <laughs> it was on sale. And now I don't have to get so it next year now. This. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's gonna We're right here, Charlotte. I get you. Yeah. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So I want to know a little bit about. So you have this new head coach and Mike McDaniel, and he is an absolute character in the press conference. I can imagine that he is bringing this very upbeat and exciting, fun atmosphere to the office. What's it like <laughs> working day to day and having him, you know, as a leader for this organization? Yeah, well, I mean, I would say too, even just like. The Miami Dolphins in general, you know, this is it's just a great place to work, the energy, the culture, the vibe. Like you can tell now, like everyone's just having a great time and that comes from Mike's leadership. You know, um it is fun. You see you see on game day, like well what you see on game day is like players actually out there competing. Obviously they want to win games and everything, but like if you take a good look at the sideline, guys are really having a good time. Like they're enjoying playing the sport that they love to do and Yes, winning is a part of that. When you win, like there are smiles, you know, if you start losing, there are other things like that. But when you just thoroughly see guys having a good time and love what it is that they're doing and and playing the game, like, and we get that from, you know, a great leader, you know, like Mike, and he really sets the tone day in and day out, you know, of yo, like, you all are here to have fun. Like, yes, you get paid, you know, but like, we're all here to have fun. We're here to have a good time. We're doing the things that we love to do. Let's make sure we continue doing the things we love to do and have fun with it. And when everyone's having a good time and everyone's having fun on the field, that's that's how you stack up wins. Totally. I mean, you can see that so okay. far from this season. I mean, I was thinking about um, as we were going to have you on this week, I was so excited because Sunday's game was insane. <laughs> then I was thinking about oh it and I was wild. like, actually, I think all of the Dolphins games have been kind of insane <laughs> so far this season. Down I to mean, the wire. Literally, it's been wild to watch, especially, I mean, I'm down here in South Florida, so I'm surrounded by Dolphins fans, and everyone is just, I hear that song, the Miami Dolphins song, so often. I have to ask you about Sunday's game, though. So there's a couple things that stuck out that I was like, definitely got to ask Alex about. Division rival, undefeated matchup. I mean, the Bills travel well. That was the whole viral thing about them yeah. all in Fort Lauderdale before the game. <laughs> But, like, this game, I don't think there was any point until literally the clock ran out that we knew, like, okay, yes, that team is going to win. Like, it was so back and forth. This has been, I'll say overall, it's been a very, like, insane, crazy, abstract start to, you know, the 2022-2023 season. Through three weeks of football, we've seen almost everything across, you know, all 32 teams and, you know, just – 
being being on the Dolphins team again, we've overcome a whole lot of adversity, and then you've seen guys having fun as well. But no, like it's it's too like you can again. I go back. You see guys just legitimately having fun, and again, like just something special about this this season overall in the NFL. You, you're seeing different teams being highlighted for different reasons. Like there are teams that you had no idea were going to be top tier teams. Like I think the power rankings just came out today, and like you look at across the board, it's like everyone is everywhere. It's never the same two weeks in a row, and that just goes to show like. You know, no, no two NFL seasons are the same, and I, and just you know, from from the Dolphins' perspective, you know, and what I get to see every single day is guys going out there competing, having fun, and then also just you know, chopping it up with afterwards. I mean, for me, like my favorite, my favorite day is usually like either a Monday or a Friday. And Monday, we're all watching film, seeing who did what great, who didn't do what so great, and then Friday we have Fast Friday where everyone like we come in around like probably between six and six thirty in the morning. But everyone's out the building by like one thirty, two o'clock. Like it's called Fast Friday because you get in, get what you need to do, have your meetings, walk through, and everyone's done by by one thirty, just trying to get up out of there. And so, again, just I think overall, like even with the Bills game, like that was just it was it was a crazy game, just like the last two games have been crazy games. But it just goes to show like our guys are out there having fun, competing. So these fourth quarters, man, like they'll have you on the edge of your seat, like <laughs> some crazy fourth quarters, but. I mean, when guys are ready to compete, they compete, come out, compete day in and day out. So it's just, it's crazy to watch, but imagine being on the field and seeing it like, live. oh my like, gosh. <laughs> I mean, these are such coachable guys, come, like coming yeah. out of the half and really making amazing changes that, you know, manifest on the field. And I mean, division to you guys too. Oh my God. And I mean, division yeah. matchups, that division win has to hit different, right? It's, well, it's like any division win hits different because when you play a team twice a year, it's it's like, all right, like there's not too much you can change because like we've seen your entire playbook at this point, you know, and so you just got to come out and really like out strategize and like be creative. But also it comes down to, you know, personnel too. I mean, we were blessed to make some phenomenal offseason acquisitions of the Dolphins this year and paying really huge dividends, you know, the wide receivers, running backs, D-line, like, you know, just across the board, like we're we're a new team, we're a fresh team, and a team that's hungry to continue to go out there and compete. And you know, talk about a first three game stretch. You know, I mean, we still got Cincinnati coming up on Thursday, but like, talk about the first four games where you literally have to come out and you know, ready to compete and play if you want to make if you want to make it far. And you know, in this season, and so I mean, the first three games are wild. I expect nothing less from this one coming up either. <laughs> All right, so you guys obviously have this quick turnaround. And you're heading to the airport, like, very soon. In the morning. In the morning. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got to get you, you know, you got to get to bed soon. What is it I like? I still got to pack. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. a late packer for sure. I will wait till the last minute. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay, I so what rest. is it like? Okay, so we have to pack. That's definitely high on the list. That's obviously not yeah. at the top of the priority list, though. What is it like preparing for a quick turnaround like that? I mean, you guys were just playing in extreme heat, no less. On Sunday, you guys are grinding. What is it like? You got to get to the airport. You got to turn it around. How, what's that process? Yeah, it, it's it's a lot of logistics that go into it. So like, you know, everyone always everyone only thinks about like, all right, it's a quick trip. It's you know, it's a turnaround. The game or like, you just played Sunday. The game was Thursday. Like quick turnaround. It's like yeah, but like you also got to think about you know how did this practice look throughout the week? So if we just played Sunday, like you're not going to go all out in pads and practice, right? Like throughout the week. Um, but then you're also talking about trip logistics and hotel logistics. And even when we get to Cincinnati, where are we going to practice at? Like, you know, and if, if we, if we practice there, what's the difference between the practice with, you know, the practice site and the hotel and the difference between the hotel and the stadium. So it's a lot of logistics that go behind it in such a short turnaround to where we're, I think with the Dolphins, we're blessed to have a phenomenal operations team that really goes, really goes the distance and making sure that we, we have the best setups possible. And, um, I mean, I think to our coaching staff does a phenomenal job of just, continuing to make sure our players are, are, are as prepared as possible for whatever comes up. But, I mean, like coming off a game like Sunday, just to turn around and go, you know, and face the, you know, the the Bengals coming up. It's, it is a quick turnaround, but at the same time, like, you know, I have the utmost faith in our guys that, you know, they continue competing like how they've done the past three weeks where I have a phenomenal game on Thursday. But, again, it, it is a quick turnaround, but at the same time, like once you get into the regular flow of the season, we have a great group of veterans um, that have been through these types of games before they really get our guys prepared and making sure that they stay locked in, they take care of their bodies. That's the biggest thing is, you know, just taking care of your body on a week like this. Don't do too much, but don't do nothing at all. You got to continue moving, you know, make sure you're sleeping well, make sure you're eating right. 
Um, but that's really the main thing. Is it's again, football is, is just as mental as it is physical, and part of that is taking care of your body, both mentally and physically. Amen. I got to do that, and I don't play football. I have the worst sleep schedule, but I also know like where like my rim sleep hits, and like when it when I miss it, and so like I woke up this morning at like four thirteen in the morning. I'm just like, yeah. Bad news is, is like. I'm up at 4.13 in the morning. The extra bad news is I know I'm not going to get back to sleep. Like, I'm just up to be up. Like, well, yeah, you <laughs> there's gotta no love chance what, I'm going to fall back. You got to love what you do if those are your hours, you know? <laughs> For real. Yeah. So I have to ask, because obviously you mentioned that that rookie program that you help with and yeah. kind of that navigation between leaving college and coming into the NFL. So did you cross over with Jalen Phillips? Did you work with him at Miami and then again at, at the Dolphins? Yeah. Did that cross over? <laughs> did you guys come at the same time? Yeah. We did. We did. So <laughs> nice. it, what's funny is, um, so since I've been at the Dolphins, I mean, I met with the, I mean, I've been there with a couple, you know, former UN players. So like, you know, Sheldrick Redwine, um, Jalen Phillips, of course, Duke Johnson, um, Tyler Guthrie and I think those those four. So I've actually crossed reference or crossed paths with a couple of UN players. But for me, like one of my favorite parts is like playing on the away team and seeing someone who I work with at UN also on the oh, other funny. side. So like uh, Greg Russo, like I mean, plays for oh. the Bills. I chopped it up with him right oh, afterwards, awesome. you know, and I got to see Jaquan Johnson afterwards. And um, cool. you know, it's just even when um, you know, Quincy was on the Steelers, like I'm just, I'm just uh I know how happy I was to get to the league, even in the position that I'm in now. But some players that I worked with while they were student athletes at U am now in the league and I'm there as well. It's kinda of like, yo, wow. like we made it together. Like wow. <laughs> I want I want Quincy back That's on the so Steelers. Special. Coming from a Steelers fan. It's been a, it's been a rough start to our season. I want Quincy back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we'll we continue to pray for him. Pray for him. Oh, wow. <laughs> if I had a say, he would be he would be on the practice squad tomorrow. <laughs> We're gonna make him general manager. You could really coach the Steelers. I I think everyone thinks that. Every fan on their couch on Sunday thinks they can coach an NFL Look, team. If anybody but... if anybody can coach, it's gonna be Maddie. Like she has a playbook somewhere. I'm, I'm I have opinions, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, you know, I'm well. I'm just riding this little this Miami Dolphins wave right now here in South Florida. Sure. But ride with us. Listen, uh, you ride know, with I'm gonna see. Oh, I'm riding with you guys. It's a rebuild <laughs> for Pittsburgh. It's a rebuild for Pittsburgh. We'll see. It's, it's a little bit a little bit sad for the Giants too. I was at the game last night and it did a like what am I doing here? I was rooting for y'all because, like, y'all had y'all had like the it was it was at MetLife. Like y'all had the stadium pass. Like it looked <laughs> no, beautiful it on TV. Like. It, it was it was there. It was it was a thing. It was there. It was a thing. There. There's something special about when you're the only game of the day, which you're gonna experience this very soon. Yeah. Uh, when this episode's releasing, when you're you know you got all eyes on you. That's gotta like. Yeah. Do you do you feel a little bit of pressure ever, or are you kind of like come cool, like you can handle it at this point. You're not, you know, you're not a rookie per se. Yeah. How do you handle that pressure? Do you feel a little yeah. bit of pressure? And it's 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 funny because you, I think you said it perfectly. Like you're the only game on that day or that night. You know, like it, all, the entire nation is watching two teams go at it. Yeah. Um, and is there pressure? It kind of depends on you know the, the the viewpoint of what you're looking at. So again, like we have a ton of veteran guys that have been through this before, and I mean we have a team that's really looking in for the long term. They're not focused on all right, y'all Thursday night game. We got to make sure like. You know, everything looks great because we got the national, the, the nation watching. And now it's more so of it's another game that we got to come out and win. Like we win this game, the break the next three days is going to be amazing, right? So <laughs> yeah, <true>. um, <laughs> the pressure is more so external than it is internal. Like everyone's okay. going to keep saying, all right, Thursday night game. You're like, you know, how's the feeling? What's the pressure like? And it's like, well, there is no pressure except the pressure you keep trying to throw at us, you know? No, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> no, 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 not, not, not in that way. But it's like, I mean, I think right now where we are, we're really locked in. And again, like Good. as far as pressure goes, guys want to guys want to continue coming in and, and dominating the games like we've been doing, and um, continue putting up W's to to eventually make it to a Super Bowl. And so, as far as pressure, like yeah, there's a little there, but I mean, there's there's pressure to win every game, whether you're playing at Sunday at one o'clock or Thursday at eight o'clock. There's pressure for every game, but I think our guys do a great job of kind of like blocking that out and just staying focused on you know the 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 mission at hand. And then it'll be the first game under the lights for some of your rookies, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like the so, first prime time kind of. Fun. So here's here's the thing with the with the rookies too, right? So like they're so new, you know. And I think Maddie, you mentioned it earlier. So in our rookie success program, um, part of the, part of the work I get to do with the rookies is help get them acclimated to the NFL, right? So get them acclimated into the NFL, help them like through the NFL, and then eventually on to become a veteran. And so um, I talked to our rookies just you know about. A, Myriad different topics, you know, everything financial literacy, again, 401ks, like just the mandatory programming from the NFL PA and the NFL that we have to do. But also my job is to make sure that they become the best versions of themselves and make sure they're the most holistic version of themselves. Um, but also like rookies, when you think about it, those, because you have like active, like active roster rookies and you got practice squad rookies, like active roster guys and practice squad guys. I think minimum salary for a practice squad guy is like 207000 a year. That's just minimum wow. for a practice squad player. And when you look at it from that perspective, wow. a lot of rookies have never seen that kind of money before, You know, let alone like have access to it. So when they get a paycheck, it's like, oh my gosh, like I've never seen this kind of money. And not only that, but like then they start thinking about what that can do for their family. Right. And so when I'm working with my rookies, I'm like, yo, like, I don't know how many of y'all have had um, financial literacy in college space, but here, some of, if you if you've had access to this kind of money before, great. If you haven't, this is where it comes time to really start buckling down on why money management is important and why like financial longevity is important as well. And being frugal with your money because you know yeah that check is nice, but if you're a rookie like or if you're a practice squad rookie, you only get paid over eighteen weeks. So like your last check is going to come in January, and you're not going to get paid again until the following September. That's why most NFL players go broke is because they didn't wow. realize that you know, they call game checks for a reason. Like you get paid for the game. So those checks don't continue in the offseason because you're not playing any games. Um, wow. But something that new that just came out through the CBA was now um, guys on active roster are paid on um, uh, what's called like we call them buddy week. So they get 50 percent of their salary in, uh, in season, get the other percent or the other 50% in the offseason. So now they're paid in the offseason, but oh, they cool. only get half of their game checks in season. They'll get the other half in the offseason. So now they're paid from January through, I think, May, maybe June-ish. Wow. Um, but again, practice squad guys, they're only paid over 18 weeks. Um, so again, money management is important. But again, like most guys see a big pot of money that they're not used to seeing, and they want to go out and buy the big house, buy the big car, buy the big chain with their name, logo, and number mm-hmm. on it. And then, That's you know, come five do. years later, <laughs> I made that money, me too. You know, but like, again, you see guys, you see guys that just fumble the bag real quickly because they didn't take care of the money in the beginning, um, or at least not pay closer attention to how the money was being spent. So that's just something I try to continue, you know, handing our rookies. Like, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to watch your pockets at all, but I'm trying to help you watch your own pockets. So you don't end up like a lot of other guys that have gone broke after two or three years or, some of the veterans that have played for years and now they're, you know, old with no money because they didn't take care of it. Wow. It's interesting because now we have, and I don't know if you were still working with the U when the NIL stuff was all coming out, but now we're experiencing guys who are yeah. as young as 18 years old and getting a lot of money and getting like crazy numbers that, yeah. that they've never seen. <laughs> so how has that, has that affected these rookies? Like maybe they've seen these numbers or maybe it kind of hasn't had that turnover yet. Because it's it is such a new thing these nil deals, but um, have you seen that helping guys? Maybe they know what it's like to have a paycheck, and they kind of can handle it a little bit better. Yeah, I think from my perspective, you know, there. You look at nil, like you have the athletes that are making like money that's up here, right? Like crazy numbers, and you have like the the medium where like everyone's kind of generally making the same areas, but you have the outliers that are up there and. Those come by few, but I think for me and just what I've noticed about NIL, like there are some guys that are coming in with a lot of money already, but that's why for me it's more important to make sure they know, like, yo, get you a financial advisor if you're not good with your own money. And if you're going to get a financial advisor, make sure it's somebody that you trust and not your best friend that took two business classes, right? Like, I think, first of all, like, guys go, yeah, my, my guy got me looking after my money. All right, well, you're like, oh. was, all right, <laughs> let's see how that works two years from now, but you know, when you look at NIL, we, we had guys come in with NIL deals. And for me, it's kind of like, well, if you didn't have an NIL deal before you and you ball out, you may get an endorsement deal at some point, you know. So, I mean, you either got the NIL deal before you got here or you're getting the endorsement afterwards. So at some point, the money was going to come. Um, and it's just more so a matter of, one, when it does, and two, just making sure the player's prepared to handle that amount of money. Because, again, like, those college checks are nice, but, like, when you get to the league, League checks are different. Like, I've seen a player's paycheck. I'm like, 
You know, they're, they're just different. And what I don't want is a player to see that check and be like, oh, yeah, we balling out. Let's go. And then realize that them, them checks don't – they don't last long. <laughs> they don't last long. Wow. A couple tables at Live later. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, listen, listen. I'm, I'm just saying, like <laughs> – you know, we all, yes. we all, Daddy and I went to the University of Miami. We were friends. Yeah. We're South Florida dolls. We've all, we've all been to live. We've all been to live. And we've seen we've all been to live on Sunday. Live. Well, they, they don't go yeah, on after Sundays, a big but... win, Sunday at live, probably it's different. Um, well, we all know how fast money can go at live. So. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. That's so interesting, though, because when you said when you think player engagement, that's not what I thought of when I thought of player engagement. But that is so good that 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 they have that in place. I'll tell you this. Um, I think I have a unique role to where I'm able to see so many different sides of players that most people just don't see. I know I brought up a practice squad, but here's the thing about practice squad. Right. So I remember last year, my first year in the Dolphins, I was learning a lot between the Miami Dolphins, Hard Rock Stadium as a business. NFL, NFL player engagement, NFL PA, just so many buckets of information I had to learn. I was learning so much. And so I started really diving into like and doing a deep dive into practice squad players. What I was learning is like when you're a practice squad player, you really miss out on a lot of the essential things of what makes an NFL, like the experience in an NFL experience. So practice squad players, they don't dress for home games and some teams don't even travel their practice squad players to away games. So their game day is practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right. And so how do you continue to build community amongst a group of players that miss out on the biggest part of being an NFL player, which is playing in the games? So in in my role and the 31 others that have a similar role as mine, we have to be creative in the fact that we have to continue to build community amongst the guys that are missing out on the biggest community in the locker room um, on, on game day. Right. And so how do we continue to build community amongst these guys? How do we make them feel like they're part of the team if they can't be with us all the time? And. For me, it's a lot of fun because that's where I got my start in playing engagement with the Dolphins was primarily working with rookie and practice squad. And so, you know, just doing things like taking them out on Saturdays with their girls, you know, and their significant others, um, you know, just chilling, going to watch a movie, going out to eat, watching a game together, going to concerts, you know, doing comedy shows, like just making sure that they have a community amongst themselves and to where it doesn't seem like they're always an afterthought. Right. Because practice squad players are some of the hardest workers you'll never see. And the reason I say it like that is because, again, you don't see them on Sundays because they're not playing. But you look at what they have to do and the grind they go through on, you know, throughout the week during practice. You'd be like, yo, these guys, they have the opportunity to get elevated up, you know, any, at any point in the season, which is great. But, you know, you can't get elevated, you know, more than I think three times a year if you're a practice squad player. You know, and if you do, you have to take an active roster spot somewhere. But, you know, practice squad guys will always have a special place in my heart because I know the grind that they've gone through. I see every day that they're out there going off the charts trying to figure out who's wide receiver one, two, and three, um, you know, who's playing safe today, and just drawing up. They're going off of cards they get. Like, just, all right, so today you're going to be this QB. You're going to be, you know, this running back. You're going to be this linebacker. And, like, every week it's something different. So practice squad players will always have, a you know, a, a special place with me just because, again, they some of the hardest workers, but they're just never seen. Wow. All right, I have some fun questions for you now. Let's get to it. <laughs> what is your favorite stadium to travel to besides Hard Rock? Favorite stadium you've been to? My, my favorite stadium that I've been to, Lincoln Financial Field, Philly. Ah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard the, they have the, very good traffic yo, systems. I'm surprised it's, it's to hear amazing. that from an, an away team. <laughs> Philly fans the, are intense. The, they are. Yo, the, what yeah, about the, it was the link, so? The link is the link is special. The, the, the link is special, and for me, it's fun. Like every time I fly into Philly, right? You know, you're going down, you're going down the highway into the expressway. You see Lincoln Financial Field first <laughs> when you fly in. Like that number one for me is like this is how you know you arrived to Philly because you see the link. Um, but like you know, Charlie, as you mentioned, like the traffic and just the the. This is kind of the computer science part of me coming out where I'm like analytically and strategically, but like just the way they structured the facility and like how everything kind of bleeds into the next, but then also just the atmosphere of the link is insane. Like, especially during a night game, like I grew up being an Eagles fan and like, I just like, I remember even watching it on TV where like they do the flyovers and you can see the Very top cool. of the link. It's just like, wow. it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Wow. Uh, an oh, Eagles so fan cool. from the Midwest. How did that happen? Uh, first of all, I always root for the home team. Bears, that's the home team. That is, okay. that is the home team. Chicago okay. will always be the home team. But um, Philly, that's my squad. All right. All right. 
right. I'll buy it. I like it. <laughs> Double dipping. Double dipping. No shame in that, you know. No, none. I'm the Dolphins right now. <laughs> Listen, like, I, we'll see. Dolphins pay me. I'm, you know, Chicago's the home team. Philly's the favorite. It's just all over the place. I there think the go. Eagles are the only other <laughs> undefeated team right now in the NFL, right? So, yeah. I think so. Wow. Listen, I'm, I'm I'm betting a thousand right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, in February, maybe. <laughs> Listen, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we'll have a rematch of the Ace. We'll have a rematch of the Ace Ventura movie. You never know. <laughs> Um, another fun question. Is there a class clown in the locker room? Like who is the funniest guy on the team? Uh, we have a lot of funny guys, but the guy that's most consistent, I'd probably have to say Christian Wilkins. Okay. Um, that man, <laughs> that man could, could, could run a comedy show by himself if he wanted to. <laughs> and I think, I think the best part is like, he's genuine with it, you know, like, <laughs> It'd be six o'clock in the morning, you know, and he just comes and starts joking around with folks. It's to, to be honest, like I'm surprised, like he's like to him, it's just natural and it's genuine, which is an incredible combination. But Christian Wilkins, for sure, I mean, is 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 a character day in and day out, and you see it on the it. field. That's also the best part. Like you listen to his mic'd up, or like every time he makes a play on the field, just zone in on him, like. Dude can put on a show for real. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to put a link in to Christian Wilkins mic'd up in today's episode if anyone wants to listen. I mean, for sure. These guys are all insane on the field. Is there a guy who is crazy on the field? You you know, you see him every weekend, he absolutely explodes, but then you'd be surprised to learn he's kind of shy and he's a little bit more reserved uh, out off the field. Uh, or is everybody just a huge wrong. personality? Well, I wouldn't say everybody's a huge personality, but also I don't think we have that many shy guys either. Um, <laughs> I mean, and, and I say that, you know, to say like, you know, when you see the guys that one, they are who they are, but like we don't have anybody that's kind of like real reserve. Like you see them on the field, they're rob, rob, super reserved. We don't have too many guys like that, but I will say we have a lot of great personalities in the locker room where like, you know, no, no two personalities are the same, but I think that's what really builds within our team chemistry is. Everyone has their own personality, but it works for everybody because they're able to feed off each other, build off each other, laugh off each other. Um, you know, they do some jabs back and forth, which is always funny. Um, they, they go at it sometimes. But again, it's just because you have multiple personalities in the locker room. Everyone's trying to one up everybody else. And then, when you know, when you get guys going back and forth, that's when the fun starts. And it's just always great to see. <laughs> Love that. Does the team or you or any of the players, does anyone have – like a pregame ritual or a fun superstition that you can share with us? Um, well, I would say I wouldn't know. So, and the reason I say I wouldn't know is because I try to, I'm big on giving players their space, right? Okay. And so when you look at like pregame rituals or things like that, like for me during pregame, that's the time where I see guys locked in doing whatever it is they need to do. So if it's not anything that I need to speak with them directly, I kind of give them that space in the locker room to do what they need to do, get, you know, mentally, physically, you know, prepared for the game. And so I try to stay away from that aspect just so, one, again, I'm not in their way. Two, I'm not interrupting their process, you know, day in and day out to get ready for games. Um, but then also three, again, like just, just for me, like I like to make sure I give players their space to do what they need to do to get ready, get comfortable. Because um, it, it's – when you watch a game on TV, it's fun, but it can be a it's long, like long when you're down there on the field. It's hot, it's cold. Um, defense is on the field forever. Offense is on the field forever. Like it can be long, and so guys need to make sure they're prepared physically and mentally for that. And so, um, again, I don't, I don't know any guys' rituals off top, but again, I just try to stay away from making, try to stay away from guys that are preparing for the game however they need to. Give them their space. Do you have a pregame ritual? Something you kind of do every morning on game day? Uh, so I do. Um, <laughs> every no, morning on game day. You don't have to share it if you don't want to. Yeah, say less. <laughs> <laughs> That's your I thing. Always, always, me, I always, cook a full breakfast. I always cook a full breakfast um, the oh. morning of a game day. Like, I always cook a full breakfast. And to me, like, cooking is, is calming to me. Um, it kind of just kind of allows my mind to just kind of, like, settle and focus on one thing at a time, especially on a game day. Like, you know, and you know, some people may be like, well, why, you know, why are you focused on a game day if you're not playing? Well, at the same time, like, my job is to make sure that you know, the players are always the best version of themselves. So I need to be alert and ready if and when a player or their significant other family needs me. If something goes down with the player, you know, then the first person that that person's family is going to call is me, right? So I have to be just as locked in as they are and make sure I'm paying attention to focus in and what helps me do that. Um, again, I get up in the morning. And I don't mean, like, I eat. Like, I, I, I can eat. You know, so I make a full breakfast. I make the entire spread and just eat it right there. And it's right. Just, it's, it's, for me, it's just calming. It's just calming. 
So breakfast at I, your house on Sundays. Absolutely. absolutely. Mondays. <laughs> Mondays. <laughs> so I got to ask. Okay, uh, let's do both. Sunday and Monday. I'm perfect. Perfect. You need to eat let's breakfast every The pregame and then the win celebration breakfast. Got it. Got it. So I got to ask, how, how's your waddle? Can you do the waddle? Ooh. I haven't perfected it yet. Like if I, <laughs> look, one thing I know about you know Jalen is like that man has perfected it and he does it. He does it correct. <laughs> um, I haven't seen anybody able to do it just like him. Do people try it? it all the time, all the time. <laughs> um, was the was it the Patriots game? I think where they had the jumble trying like the guys doing it like in the stands and it was just like. <laughs> good but it's not waddle it's like it's not waddle i actually He's don't do it because i know i'm not gonna be he is so <laughs> i don't do it because i know it's not gonna be nowhere as good as, as, as Jason. there's only one waddle <laughs> yeah, there's, there's only one, one waddle <laughs> all, right. all right so we're, we're gonna start to wrap it up a little bit because you have an early morning but um what's just something that you learned on this job just one little quick thing that you think that everybody should learn yeah, I think not only in my role, but like in any role that you are, like life is all about building and sustaining relationships. Um, I wouldn't be where I'm at now if I had like everybody that I've met or who's helped get me to where I am if I just dropped them, you know, after I didn't need them anymore. Um, in my business, like it's all about the trust with the players. Like I could easily lose a locker room, right? Like, and for me, in my role, trust in the locker room, trust with the staff, trust with the coaches, it doesn't come easy, right? Like, I remember my first day on the job, I was walking through the locker room, guys were looking at me like, yo, who is this dude? I ain't never seen him before. But I didn't start forcing relationships either. You have to let them build, you have to let those relationships build naturally. But at the same time, they have to be natural and they can't be forced, but you also have to sustain those relationships too. So when I'm talking to the players, I rarely talk about football because we're all in the building and we can talk football all day. I'm asking them, all right, how's the family doing? I know you just had a baby. How's the kid? How's the wife? You know, how's the family doing? You know, how's the injury? Things like that. Like getting them outside of the football mindset and into just being a person again. And to me, that helps build camaraderie amongst the players because they know, because they know when they come to me, I'm not going to sit there and talk to them about football when they're going to, they probably just came from a meeting and they're probably going to another media session to talk more football. Um, and so again, just for anybody you know, looking to get into this role or wherever you are in your career, it's like, sustaining building sustaining relationships is a skill set you know some people are great some people not so much but i promise you like as long as you continue to build relationships with people sustain those relationships with people and continue to bring up people that you've met before and continue to bring them with you like you you can't you can't lose you know and i mean i've, I've been blessed to where i've been put in a role with the nfl where i've been able to help other people out you know get some of the roles um internships jobs and that's just because I know there was people who came before me to help me get to where I am. And I'm still sustaining those relationships now. So I need to do my part in making sure that everyone who's coming up behind me continues to have an avenue to reach out to me. Um, still chopping up with them day in and day out, even if it's just, just a quick check-in. So build relationships, sustain the relationships, maintain the relationships. Again, that'll, that'll, that'll take you anywhere. I love that. That's good advice. One more question, our final question before we stop the recording and we'll let you go back finally. <laughs> but we have to ask, uh, because mm -hmm. we're the locker room ladies, so we have to ask about women in sports. Do you have yeah. any advice for young women who want to break into this male-dominated industry? Yeah, and, and let me let me say this first. I remember I was listening to you all's previous um, episode with Sarah Thomas, um, and I actually got to um, interview her when I was at UM for the ATC Professional Development. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. He's just a dream. She was amazing. Yeah, phenomenal. And I mean, I, I look at I look at her, but then I look at, you know, like um, mm -hmm. Jessica Gray, who has my role at the Detroit Lions, and then um, Chanel Smith-Walker, who's a team photographer for the Carolina Panthers. Like, there are so many women doing phenomenal things right now across the league, and even – you know, my work twin, um, Dr. Lacey Carmen Johnson, you know, she works for the Toronto Raptors. And then my best friend, Nisha McRae, um, you know, she just got a role with the um, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Lynx doing social responsibility. Wow. Like there are so many women that are breaking into, you know, not just, you know, sports, like professional sport roles. Like it's great to see because it goes to show that women are breaking down these doors and they're breaking down these barriers in full fashion. And you love to see it because they're just coming out the woodworks with it. And doing a great job at it, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I'm just happy that I can be in a space where I can see it happen in live and be like, yo, like, I, I know her. Like, <laughs> I'm just happy to be able to sit in the space and be like, yo, I know her. Like, 
whatever wow. you need, she can do that, you know? And, and again, like in these kind of spaces we're in, I talked to like, again, my work twin, Lacey Karma Johnson, she's great. So her and I talk all the time. We actually started our roles almost at the same time, maybe within two weeks of each other, me with the Dolphins and her and the Raptors and, you know, just having somebody to have a sound, build a soundboard off of and connect ideas to where, you know, now her and I have very similar roles, two different leagues, but um, to see her, continue to advocate for women in sports in the way that she does it only continues to help me continue to do it in whatever spaces that I can, you know, and, you know, whenever I get the opportunity, someone will ask me, Hey, you know, who's somebody do you think would be a good fit for this role? First thing I'll talk about, yep. Um, I know this one lady from boom, she'd be great for you. Like continuing to put their names and their voices in spaces they may not be in is, is for me is, you know, one of the ways I continue to try to advocate for women in these spaces, because again, like there's like, I don't know a woman today right now that's in sports that's not killing the profession, like not killing it in their profession. Again, like Sarah Thomas, the Super Bowl, like, come on now. Yes. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> what she's doing is insane, you know, Love and so it's just great ponytail. to see. <laughs> it, and it's a staple, like, that's how you know it's her, right? That's Signature. how you know it's her. So, <laughs> and it's even, even in the coaching world, like, you see so many women now getting elevated into like actual assistant coaching roles. And, in, in, I mean, at some point, we're gonna have a woman head coach in one of these leagues and in, uh, in, in one of these male-dominated leagues, and you're gonna be like, "Look!" At some point, it was coming. Like you knew it was coming. It's just, are you prepared for it? You know. And so, it's just, I'm, I'm happy to be living in a time where you see women continue to get elevated in sports, but not just elevated, but like kind of taking taking over. You know, like in in masses. And now it's like finally leveling out the playing field to where like these male and hev- heavily dominated male spaces are now starting to turn a little bit to where now we're getting more women in it. And it's great to see. Again, I'm just happy that some, sometimes I can look up and be like, yeah, I know her. <laughs> I love that. We went Hopefully to school together. <laughs> Hopefully you can say that about us one day because we already are saying it about you. You have been fantastic. I could talk to you for two more hours. <laughs> I know. We got to let you let's, go. Let's, you let's have, do it. The plane doesn't leave until 8 o'clock. He's, all, he's talking to us on the He's like, we have 12 more. <laughs> I got my AirPods. We can do this. <laughs> oh, wow. You are the best. We wish you the best of luck on your travels and in Cincinnati. Bring a jacket. It's cold up north. I, I, they, gave, they gave us the hoodies today, so we're taking care of. <laughs> thank you, Alex. Thank you so Hope much. You like 40. No, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. I'm continuing to listen. Y'all know I'm an avid supporter. Appreciate it.